welcome back to Word Up with Danny Katz. I am your host, Danny Katz. I am an author, journalist, and a quantum languaging coach and consultant. What that means is that I teach people how language programs consciousness, how language programs reality at large, and how to transform reality and evolve our consciousness with language. I've also been known to cultivate and share an opinion or two or 12 about culture and consciousness and how they are evolving, devolving, and being manipulated by the powers that were. Here at Word Up, we are devoted to fostering critical thinking while supporting you in becoming your most authentic, empowered, liberated, realized, amazing version of yourself. Our every show aims to expand your consciousness, raise your frequency, sharpen your critical thinking skills, and make you giggle. (laughs) And think. Given the radical uptick in censorship over the past few years, combined with the complete co-opting slash decimation of my own personal industry, journalism, I started Word Up to have a free speech-friendly platform in which to engage exploratory, solutions-based conversations with visionaries, mystics, original thinkers, and rebel badasses who are helping to make the world more wonderful. The first half of my interviews run between 30 to 90 minutes and are always posted here for free public listening. The second halves are reserved for paid supporters on my Patreon and my Locals platforms, where for as little as $5 a month, you can access all of my second half conversations along with oodles of other bonus content and opportunities to drop in with me, to drop in with our High Vibe tribe, and lots of other awesome things. In addition to interviews, Word Up also features quantum languaging upgrades, planetary service announcements, and propaganda analysis, which I call Spot the Propaganda. Thank you so much for tuning in and for sharing your sacred attention with me and our high vibe tribe of change makers. Be sure to click that subscribe button so you can stay abreast of our every episode. Thank you for also clicking the like button, for sharing far and wide, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As well, if you are gleaning any value whatsoever from these shows, consider supporting me on Locals and or Patreon. And as you are wanting to learn more about my quantum languaging coaching and consulting services or nab copies of my books, find me on dannycats.com as well as on quantumlanguaging.com. Okay, I think that's it for our housekeeping. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy this episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Superstars, welcome back to another episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Today I am joined by Word Up podcast favorite, Michael Wan. Michael reached out to me when he saw that I was grilling other astrologers on the cusp question. And um, as always, Michael and I had an amazing conversation that delved deep into the sidereal versus tropical conversation and all the other implications. Before we dive in, I'm reminding you to click that subscribe button, to like, to share, to comment. I'd say click the notification bell, but I'm not sure it really does anything. The best way to stay apprised of my video offerings, podcasts, books, courses, webinars, live events, all the things is to sign up for my newsletter at dannycats.com. I'm also reminding you how our show is structured. First half is free on all of the podcast platforms as well as on YouTube. The second half is available for my paying supporters at both Locals and Patreon, where for as little as $5 a month, you get access to all of my second half conversations, plus oodles of bonus content, opportunities for swag, and tons more. So choose the platform of your choice, links in the show description, uh, or choose both because abundance is such a fun frequency in which to play and dance. I think that does it for housekeeping. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy my conversation with Mr. Michael Wan.
are you? I am. How are you? I am. <laughs> there seems to be a special kind of crazy out in the world today. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I saw uh, Pluto getting the fuck off my son would chill things out a bit. I feel more chill, but the world is still insane. The world is always insane, right? It's a new level, I think. What, what can you tell me what specific, can you give me a specific, a specific example? Okay. Um, my morning massage client totally no showed like no call, nothing. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to take this opportunity to dart into town to do a quick errand. I go to the grocery store. This woman legit cuts in front of me. Like I'm, I'm so clearly ahead of her. And I'm like, it seems like you're in a really big hurry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just have to go. Um, so I'm like, okay, go ahead. And even the cashier was like, I'm so sorry. That lady was crazy. Then walking to my car, this car's not looking, but talking to another car and slowly moving towards me. So I'm like, what's going on? And the other car's like, are you going to run this lady over? Like, what are you doing? Then I get a, me a 16 minute message from my quadruple cancer friend telling me that the quantum languaging reflections I gave him on his ADD triggered the shit out of him and I need to shut the fuck up. And I'm just like, I'm just going to go back to isolating and not be with humans today. All right. Well, well, I don't know if I'm human. So then I guess I, I will, I'll count, I'll fall in that. Or actually, I think I'm the most human. I think that other people aren't. I don't know. Do you ever question whether you are human? Like, I don't know what human means. Like, this is what I know for certain. I'm not like the other folks. Is there anyone that you meet where you're like, oh, we're from the same star system or dimension or something? Uh, there pe I mean, I can, I can meet most people. Like, I, I'm, um, I can be very receptive and passive. And so, like, I'm able to find that level with most people, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm comfortable with them. Right. So your question is a little bit tricky for me. Do I think people, um, maybe, yeah, I mean, I would say you and like, I feel that way with you. Like, I don't feel like, I feel we speak the same language. So maybe that's more so like, well, what my how I would frame it. Like I speak the same language with you. I speak the same language with, with Emily. Uh, I've put out enough weird content that typically the people who I interact with on a regular basis, you either like, it makes sense with to you or not. So maybe I've like created a big enough filter that I don't interact with, with people who don't fit that and that, or who don't understand at least the way how I see things. And then when I'm around regular folk, I don't really say that much. Like I'm, I'm able to just meet them at their level. Right. So I don't know if that's just like my, my, my earth coping mechanisms or what, but, uh, but like, so I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if I, th I don't even know if I, if I subscribe to these ideas of even like outer space systems. I mean, I don't know what any of this stuff is, but I just try to, I try to find uh, enjoyable times, I guess. It's all like, I mean, my life is so crazy right now. Like, are we recording? I hope we're recording. We're recording. I mean, I know we haven't even done a pre-show because I know you reached out saying like, let's do a show and I want to know what you what you want to talk about. But but what you just said um, is confirming what, what I've been playing with recently where like, um, as I learned to be more well socialized and to relate better, what I realize it means is like keeping my mouth shut and keeping my internal discomfort to myself um, so that I can like go along with whatever the like dominant socializing on hand is unfolding as. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's funny, like for, for me, like a little insight into, into my inner world. Um, I mean, I, and maybe all people who are, who are like us were the same way. Like I learned at an early age to be able to be, um, like to interact well with, with other folks. And it, it served me like, you know, like I was always like a popular kid and like, though I, I was never short of friends, but I don't think I was ever truly, like, I always sense, like, you know, I see things differently, even as a young child, not even knowing what, what, how I see it differently. 
And then as life unfolded and as I moved away from a more mainstream lifestyle um, and I was able to, to explore and express maybe ways how I wanted to be in reality, uh, I had already kind of learned how to interact with people and, and create like that's that safety, but that buffer, that buffer, because um, people who know very few people, I think, know me well because I keep a, a really strong buffer. I know a lot of people and a lot of people I think think they know me well, but um, you know, I don't know if that's a healthy thing, you know, what's healthy, but like, I don't know. Um, I don't know what that implies, but there's a very, very small group of people who really, really are deep, you know, have deep insight into how I am. And that has certainly afforded me uh avoided a lot of a lot of headaches i suppose from just like on a day-to-day -day basis but maybe like it it postpones like you know true connection with a lot of people i don't know i mean i have true connection with like a variety with a handful of people but but um i'm able to to create like healthy boundary or healthy healthy interactions with with the majority of folks um, I was not born with that skill. I definitely did not have that skill in school. Years, like maybe a decade ago, I found a bunch of old report cards at my mom's house from like Montessori school. And they're all like, she doesn't really socialize very well, doesn't really know how to handle her emotions, doesn't really know how to engage with others. And I was like, mom, why didn't you guys do anything about this? Like why you were getting feedback. But what I realize now, is that it works well for me to socialize if I, the more I disappear, the smoother it's going to be. The more myself I am with with most people, that really doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, we, we, we've got different we've got different flavors, I, I suppose. Like, I mean, part of I think what makes Danny Danny is is like how you know where you stand with Danny. Like if I was going to critique me as an individual, I was like, you don't know where you stand with Mike. Which is like, so, I mean, from my perspective, and I appreciate you saying that, like for me, that feels more vulnerable when I don't know where I stand with someone, like it's scarier and edgier. I'm from, you know, from an external perspective, I feel like it's very kind that people know where they stand with me. There's no guesswork. It's all on the table. Um, I, would, I would agree with that. I would say that you're, it's it's considerably um, like, uh, and I think this is true for all people as they, you know, mature or or fill out their the gaps and how they interact with with themselves in reality. And like, whatever you're, whatever your like dominant strategy is, you want to balance it out. So it's like, for me, like being more, more um, transparent with, with what I'm saying, cause it's easy for me to just like not care. Um, and so that's something for me, like over the past five or so years, like becoming more comfortable with finding that balance with being more transparent, at least with the people who I care about. Um, and I would say like the, you know, each person is going to go and find that, that counterbalance to like whatever their natural way is. Like, you know, as you're saying, it's like, well, like maybe softening some of that stuff or disappearing. That was the language you use, like maybe disappearing a little bit because yeah. I can disappear, no problem. Yeah. I'm, I, it's, it seems to work well if I just like pull my energy in really tight and nod and pretend like everything's okay and i have no opinions or thoughts that works well it's super boring but then i can say like i socialized you know right, it's all right, it's right. So weird so the, the work which i think which which we do like i i often think about um the the the, the perspectives the information which i share and I, I think of there's a there's a handful of other people who I think are doing something similar to me, not necessarily specifically the same details, but but their role in the group. And I would say I always think of you as one of those people and like your area of 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 like focus is like with words. And then also I often think about like how strongly and I and I concur um, immensely about like disassociating your physical body with a number, like all of that sort of stuff. Like I do similar things with time and other stuff. Um, 
and we have different approaches and that's kind of, I think that's necessary because like, you know, you need to have all of these different sort of ways in which um, uh, like folks who are from a certain generation where we, you know, we were born into a certain generation and we find ourselves in a certain place in life in a certain platform to share what it is that we have to share. And we have to do it in a variety of ways. So it would make sense that, that, you know, that we would, we would have different sort of approaches. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Michael, what inspired you to reach out? What is top of mind? I feel like there's, there's something that you're wanting to share and I want to know what it is. Uh, all right. So, so this is what it was. Um, I guess it was, it was like two weeks ago, a week ago. I don't even remember. Um, I, uh, a friend of mine needed some help uh, with their 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 parent, their father who lives at home, and he needs he has in home care, and and she was she was out of town, and who was supposed to cover blah blah blah. So I filled in a, I filled in a little bit of a of a gap, and I'm I'm in the house. The guy's still sleeping, and I was bored, and so I decided to scroll through uh, Instagram on my phone, something I normally don't do, and I saw one of your your clips. And it was, I don't remember, I don't know the person who it was you were interviewing with. It was a, it was a woman. And what I heard you say, because you do these blurbs, I think you do it really well. Um, like you, you entice people to want to go and, and see what the conversation is about. And, and the conversation had something to do with cusps. And you said, I want to get a variety of, of astrologers together. And I want to talk about this cusp thing. And I had no idea what you're even talking about, but it intrigued me because I was like, what is it that that they're discussing about cusps? Because the the level where what I really want to talk about, what that what that intrigued within me was um, this idea. What I find very important right now is is as we're doing with so many things, deconstructing astrology. Like, you know, astrology is another one of these sacred cows and there's a, there's something of significance within astrology, but there's a lot of like, you know, the same sort of, the same sort of mind control, which is applied to all sorts of things is also applied to astrology. So that was really what the motivator was. Cause like, I want to talk to you about this. I want to at least share my voice as it relates to that sort of stuff. We can talk about astrology and I'm always interested. Like we love to talk about time. Um, so that was in my mind. But what was also interesting, because I, I like, I like to see the the secondary confirmation of um, of of feedback in you know experiential reality. So I watch that video. I'm like, I haven't spoken to Danny for a while, and like, let me reach out. I'm intrigued. Like, you know, I felt it inside. I'm in this house. And I'm bored. It's a beautiful house. Like, a uh, beautiful house out in in in, in the um, woods in eastern Pennsylvania, and I'm and. I go and I see, I, I think this was right after I reached out to you, you, you respond to me immediately. I saw there was a handwritten note, like with an address, like on the, on my friends, um, she has an, an office out there and it was in your hometown. I was like, okay, well, there's like the secondary thing for why I know that you and I need to have a conversation. So, so that was, that was my, um, that was my motivator for wanting to have to start this conversation with you. Cause I always know that whatever it is, that triggers a conversation with you and I is just like a entry point because it always goes in lots and lots of different areas. It does. I, yeah, it was, I'm so glad you reached out. It was super synchronistic for me because I had, so I'd started this non-monogamous inquiry into cusps or bullshit with different astrologers. And as I've talked about with all of them, you know, I had Pluto sitting on my son since March, which has been a total mind fuck. And, and while that was happening, like any ambition that I used to have completely disappeared. So any sort of authentic drive to like lend my voice to, to any, you know, larger cultural discourses kind of went away. So I was just going through the motions. And when you reached out, I was like, I don't have anyone scheduled on my podcast. I also kind of don't care. Maybe I'll just stop doing it. Um, and it was perfect because you're the fourth astrologer that I've spoken to about cusps and you're probably the easiest person 
to talk with who I have on the podcast because we're just so in alignment and it goes lots of places. So it helped. It, it gave me one of those like everything's okay, everything's aligned. Um, you know, just hold the line, keep doing what you're doing. So I'm um, yeah, I'm super happy to dive into the cusp conversation with you. So can can you can you bring me up to like when you say cusp or where where that came out the the that conversation bring me up to speed and and we can go from there can we do that yes so my whole life i've been told that i am on the cusp and i'll tell people i'm an aquarius they'll ask my birthday and they're like oh you're on the cusp and i'm like Ugh. like i it January feels like first right yes so okay. it feels like i'm being lumped in like this like homogenized with the Capricorns. And I'm like, I don't feel that. I don't feel that I'm on the cusp, especially as zero degrees. I feel actually quintessentially Aquarian. Um, and my naturopath, who's also a friend of mine, is born January 20th. And he is a lot more um, agreeable than I am. And something came up about our birthdays. And he said, I reject the idea of cusps. I am not on the cusp i'm 29 degrees capricorn and i prefer to be honored for that and i was like it's it's always so nice for me when someone else says is like the difficult person or someone else is the contrarian i'm like oh i'm not the only one so i felt like it gave me permission to question question this cusp sham and what it's all about okay uh, so just like, I'm assuming everyone who watches, who is watching this has some idea of, of uh, or knowledge of astrology. So just to, to be clear, like, like a cusp represents like the, the line which separates like one sign to another or one house to the other. It's like the, the demarcation, right? Um, so, so I, it, if you really this is this is my my conclusions, my conclusions of playing with astrology, like being an astrologer, whatever that means to other people for some period of time. The conclusion I reach is this: like um, like a lot of astrology, like there is an accuracy to it, but I don't know about the truth to it. And we could we could we could get into that statement a little bit a little bit later, but this is where it's like really, really easy to go and begin to like question this cusp concept. Um, half the astrology world follows um, sidereal placements. Mm -hmm. Half the astrology world follows tropical placements. And if you were to go and talk to like anyone who's long time committed to either one of those placements, they'd probably be able, and, and if they've, they've been thoughtful about it, um, they'd probably be able to explain to you why it is that they follow one particular school of thought versus another. Maybe they could even go back and forth between the two in a very similar way. Uh, that if you were to talk to like a, like a, and I, I use this, this, this word with quotation marks around, like, you know, a real Jew or a real Christian or a real Muslim, you'd be like, well, you know, well, I want to pick a religion, but which one should I pick? And they'll be like, well, this is why I think that mine is the right one. Or this is the, at least the reason why I, I subscribe to or follow the practice. Um, so there, there's truths to that. People get something out of it, but they're inherently contradictory. So you're your placement, your your sun placement at twenty nine degrees. Um, it's did you? Wh wh where's your sun? So it's twenty one degrees. Uh, that that's at the end of Capricorn, right? My sun is zero degrees Aquarius. Zero degrees. Yeah, yeah. Twenty one. Yeah, that's where I got confused from. Um, in Sidor, that's just in tropical. That exact placement, January twenty first birth, is like that's going to be off by twenty four degrees. It's going to shift twenty four degrees in sidereal. So then the question becomes, well, which one is it? So like right there immediately tells you like that cusp concept is only true in a tropical perspective. Wait, hold up. So are you saying that um, from the sidereal lens, cusps don't exist? No, the cusp is somewhere else. 
Okay, but but so cusps exist in sidereal, they're just in different places? Correct, correct. So imagine this, imagine this. So um, you're, you're, in, you're in New Mexico, right? Correct. And let, I, I don't know this for certain, but I'm going to make this assumption. I bet you at some point, the, the state, maybe it was once called a, a territory of New Mexico, the borders were different. Let's say in 1854, the borders were different than they are today. Like maybe it was all under Texas. <laughs> that borderline is a cusp. And so you're like, well, what is the cusp line? Like, well, I've got the border, uh, the border and the cusp are one and the same. I can look at New Mexico's borders in 2023. And I say, this is the line that separates New Mexico from Arizona. Or I could go back in time and I'd be like, well, in 1854, the line was somewhere else. And you're like, well, it's kind of both. But at the end of the day, they're both concepts. Okay, I'm glad you brought up borders. And um, so real quick regarding the sidereal, and, and maybe you can unpack this a little bit more. I And I've danced between, well, cancel, clear, delete. I've had long conversations with people who are devoted to sidereal in the same way I've had conversations that are... Um, with people who are devoted to tropical. From my experience, it's it's less like we learn equally about both and make a choice. It's more like, where were we indoctrinated? Where, where you know, like what was the culture that we were brought into? And then we just continue because there's a momentum there. As I understand it, and, and I'm very curious about your take on this, the sidereal um, explanation of Capricorn or Aquarius is gonna be very different from the tropical um, characteristics or markers of those signs. You mean like archetypically? Correct. Like the, I, that, that's going to depend. Where, so you, I mean, this is where the whole thing, like you start to see how convoluted it is. Right. Um, you can practice, you can look at your chart in sidereal or sidereal or, or tropical in Western astrology okay and typically i've never heard of anyone who follows vedic astrology who uses tropical but i'm assuming you could there could be an archetypical difference between capricorn between vedic and western i th i see them as more similar but you can go and do that but if you are looking at sidereal placement versus tropical placement within a Western astrology concept, they're the same archetypes. They're the same archetypes. So it's, it's, can, do, do I have share screen capability? I'll give it to you. Let me ask, I, according so to Sidereal. I'd like to show something to you, like, and like, so I don't think there, I, there is a truth, there is an accuracy with understanding one's astrology. And I, and I think the word which you used is so perfect for this is like the unpacking of it to really begin to understand what it is and why it is accurate and why someone can be like completely devoted. The reason they're devoted to tropical or the reason that they're, they're, they're devoted to, to sidereal, like, yes, I do agree with you about the inertia, but if they're thoughtful about it, they're also going to see a truth a truth about themselves or they're like, this is, this is shown to me to be accurate. Um, like we can get into that unpacking. Uh, but, but I first want to go and maybe show this, this right here. So da, 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 da. has this shown up? Can you see this, this? Um, okay. Yes. All right. Uh, what we have here, this is a photograph which I took outside of a house, which I was living on, um, on September 20th, 2021 at 9, 9 p.m. Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Okay. So this yep. is actually what's in the sky. And so what we see right here, this is the tropical chart of that same time. So this is really, really interesting to be able to do that. So here we have the moon and this is where the moon is. And then Jupiter was visible and Saturn was visible. It may not be too easy to see in, um, in this image. That's Jupiter and that's Saturn. And when you look at the tropical chart, you could see this where Jupiter is and this is where Saturn is. They're about 16 degrees apart. And then we have the moon down here. And we see it in tropical. We see that Jupiter and Saturn are both in Aquarius. So I just superimposed 
the ecliptic, the tropical ecliptic over it. And we can see that the moon is right on the cusp, right? We've got a cusp right here uh, between um, uh, Pisces and Aries. And so we see it right there. All right. So this is like literally happened. There's no interpretation. This is the sun or this is Saturn, this is Jupiter, this moon, this is where they're at. So now let's go and look at this. It's the exact same picture, right? Same picture. And now I pulled up sidereal chart. Sidereal chart has the same thing. We've got Jupiter right here and we've got Saturn right here. They're also 16 degrees apart. These two are 16 degrees apart. We got the moon here, which is probably like about 35 degrees further um, east from Jupiter. But now we've got Saturn in, in Capricorn. And we've got Jupiter in Capricorn, whereas before they're in Aquarius. Now Jupiter is right on the cusp. You know, this is right around where your birthday, your, your birthdays or your sun cusp is. And we've got the moon like right in the beginning of Pisces. Mm -hmm. Nothing changes between where the where the moon, Jupiter, and Saturn are in actual like experiential reality. The only thing that changes is what what is the costume we put upon them. But are the definitions of the costume the same in both of these systems? Are these well, in yes, 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 they are. So I mean, the archetype of Capricorn doesn't change. Like like uh, Jupiter and Capricorn in, in sidereal will mean the same thing as Jupiter and Capricorn in in tropical. So let's just take it from and I do want to come back to the border thing, but let's just take Pisces and Aries. Pisces is the last sign in the zodiac. That's the same sidereal tropical, right? uh so pisces is the last sign in the zodiac yes in yes okay and aries is the first right correct so just and i'm just riffing off the top of my head so okay. I, I see aries as confrontational aggressive bold initiatory creative very young right it's the first sign it's the youngest of the fire signs very child like Pisces, I experience is very slippery, very secretive. Cards are under the table, whereas Aries wears things on its sleeve. So where do we resolve that in one of these systems, what we define as Aries will be defined as Pisces? How do we differentiate the characteristics that mark these different beings or archetypes. Uh, so, all right. So now, so now you're starting to ask, like, those are really off. Like those are, those are, those are great questions. And, and so I want to take a step back uh, before. So you just mentioned the 12, the 12 signs, right? And so probably around 12, 2012, like it became like a really big deal in astrology. Like they're like the 13th sign they've been keeping hidden from us for all these years. And now we've got the 13th sign. They introduce a fucus, right? You're familiar okay. with this. No, um, please catch me up to speed. So that was just like a, a, a big deal in the astrology world. It's always been there, but okay. there was like, they, they introduced like how it was told to like a person who is following astrology, like, whoa, everything you know about 12 sign astrology, that's wrong. There's a hidden sign. There's a hidden sign between Scorpio and Sagittarius, and it's called a fucus. And it changes everything. Like, it's that simple. Like, it's like, it's that malleable. The entire system is that malleable. So, well, if it's true, is that true? Is fucus, like, what element yes. is fucus? Like, it yes. affects yes. the. The balance of the whole thing. You are so correct. So, so what most people did was like, like, this is in my opinion, watching this, when you added the Ophiuchus into it, like there's a novelty. We is like, you know, the way we've been conditioned to hold our, our mental spaces, we like novelty, right? And so it's like, ooh, it's sexy. And no fucus, it's hidden. It's like, I'm not supposed to know about it. Now I know about it. And now, like, so there was that. And so people got excited about it. Well, first off, if you're going to, the all they did was they added a, con, they, they included a constellation. It's a grouping of stars. There's a grouping of stars uh, that make up the ecliptic. Um, and... I mean, in theory, there could be 13 signs, there could be 144 signs, there could be two signs, there could be anything. 
right? Like the assumption is that like 12 is standard. 12 is standard because we've been born into it. This is the inertia before tropical and sidereal. The inertial is 12 signs. So we saw that what that first thing we see by the introduction of the fucus is that, oh, it can change overnight because they told us there's a new sign and there's a truth to it. They're like, there's a constellation, but there could be a million constellations. Like just because, so we know that that's flexible. The second thing is if you add in a 13 sign, the entire idea of 12 sign astrology is based upon duality. Um, Aries is opposite Libra and they're like two sides of the same coin. Like Libra is like, you know, you and the other Aries is the individual. Like, and so now I got a 13, like there's not that opposite. So there's like, you're beginning to see how astrology is very, very malleable. Like it, like the, I know a lot of people who like, like are like really, really strong about like the 13th sign is like, you know, like it changes everything and it's even more accurate than the 12th sign. Who's the they that gave us the 13th sign? Who's the they that gave us the internet? Who the fuck knows? In Qtel. <laughs> In Q <laughs> so quick, 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 quick little thing on Mike Wan's history. The first professional job I had, this is like 1995. Uh, the guy who it was a small little startup technology company, he was on the board, the first board of directors of InQtel. Like the company which he started was always an InQtel company. So I'm always like, you know, who am I? Like, what was I working with? But but we could go down that path if you really want to get down to. But but here's the thing, Danny, because I think you're asking such like like these are the questions which I think um, are so important as it relates to astrology. So like this is this is you on Earth, and we've got this thing which they call the ecliptic. It's what all of the the planets rise and fall. Um, you know, if you're standing here facing south. On the east is where the sun rises and it sets in the west. The moon rises, sets in the west. All the planets do, even though they orbit this way. And there's a fixed backdrop of stars and they were broken down. And this fixed backdrop of stars, which it's a racetrack, which all of the heavenly bodies go across. That's called the ecliptic. Mm -hmm. And once the ecliptic was divided into knowable sections, that is called the zodiac. So the zodiac, so the ecliptic would be like North America. And then the zodiac um, is when you take North America and you apply borders and you say, this is California, this is New Mexico, and this is Pennsylvania and so forth. They're arbitrary, but there is a truth to it. And they also provide a value. Like, you know, uh, like borders are helpful to knowing your bearings. Like we, we don't want to necessarily throw the baby out with the bathwater, but, but this is, this is part of um, like, understanding and deconstructing like what the astrology is um so so where was i going with this so um here we have this is the ecliptic divided in 12 signs here it is divided into 13 signs it could be divided into all of these different signs all of this originated where did all this begin this all begins in babylon okay you know same people who gave you taxes same people who introduced government, same people who introduced banking, slavery, you know, all of that. Like it all comes from the same place. Well, hold up, hold up. Cause it says there's speculation that astrology of some Ford appeared in the Sumerian, Sumerian period in the third millennium, but isolated references. I mean, didn't, wasn't Babylon, if that's the case, then an argument could be made or an idea could be purported that it started off pure until the Babylonians came in and decided to invert and, and enslave and, and whatnot. I mean, wasn't Sumeria a little bit more pure than- I mean, I, I paint with broad strokes. And so okay. I say the Fertile Crescent is the Fertile Crescent. Okay. So, so in my mind, I look at this as very similarly. And so, yes, you could see I mean, right here. Can Babylon give us geometry and architecture as well? Exactly, exactly. I don't think it's as simple as like throwing the baby out with the bathwater as much as it is. Like, that's why I said like the, the word to really apply to this is unpacking. Mm -hmm. 
it's unpacking. It's like, yeah, there's geometry and there's like, like, so, and a lot of this is going to come from like, what is the inertia of the individual who's going to apply? Like you asked such a great question. Who is the they? I don't know. I don't know who the they is. What we're doing is we're recognizing like where we are. This is the way, this, this is the conclusion which I have I have reached, you know, whether or not it's accurate, whether or not I'll change my conclusion in the future, who knows? Like I change my mind all the time. Um, but it is, the first thing is we, we recognize that it's a mystery. Maybe at one point it wasn't a mystery, but I think it is always a mystery. We don't know where we are. We don't know, like, you know, they tell us it's earth. Like they also tell us it's computer simulation. They also tell us we're a cell in God's body. Like, I don't know. What I do know is that I'm kind of alive, tied to a body and there's solid ground beneath my feet. And I can see the sky above my head. And they show me a lot of pictures and they say, this is what it really is. So whatever, like, it's like, I hold that. And like, I just don't know. It's a mystery. Um, what I do know is that we're seemingly all in like the same thing, which we call Earth, whether it's flat Earth or spherical Earth or hot dog Earth, whatever it is. Um, the unifier, the unifier, which we all can, where we all share the great unifier of humanity on this thing, which we're calling Earth, is the heavens. And what I mean by that is we all get to see the moon. It doesn't matter where you are on Earth, you see the moon. I'm assuming it's the same moon. Um, we know that though. I no, mean, we don't. Been no, to we Antarctica? I don't know. I'm Have just going by the, the best I know. Right, right. Possible. You, you may be correct. You may be correct. I've never been to Antarctica. I think there's an Antarctica, but I don't know. And I don't know if they could see the moon. But I do know that every place I have been on Earth, I've seen the moon. And we all seem to agree about that. But what I also know is like not every, I haven't seen the Indian Ocean. I know there are people I haven't seen. I have. That's a nice ocean. So but it's not really everyone on earth gets to see the same things on earth, but we all on earth get to see the same sky. So that's why I say it's a unifier. Unless it's a projection. That's possible. That's which possible. I think so often where I just, you know, because so much of this reality, we're trusting our senses, but our senses are distorted by our belief systems. Bingo. And I our, so we don't know shit. <laughs> so, so, okay. So I, I am on the complete same page as you, but you got to start with somewhere. So that's why I was saying, like, I use the words conclusions right. and why I'm willing to change once I get better information. As of right now, like I, the best thing I've seen about the projection on the sky is like, what's the uh, Crow 777's like uh, the lunar wave? Like that's a real like, whoa. But I'm not certain what that means yet. Like, you know, just because I saw him Crow 777, like, and I don't mean this anything disparaging to Crow 777. I just mean like, I haven't seen it with my own eyes. You should say the same thing about me. That's why I think unpacking is really the interesting sort of word about this. Like we're, we're trying to figure this out. So this is what the conclusion I've reached. There has been a huge story projected upon the heavens, which is the unifier. And that story is, and that's basically what astrotheology is, right? Like, you know, all religions can be broken down to astrotheology and it's seemingly broken down to like a battle between whether it's day and night or summer and winter, like, you know, the, the extremes. And they're told through like all the different sort of ways. So, so a narrative has been applied onto a heaven. So like that seemingly has happened. Um, I also know this about our realm of experience. This is a placebo realm. This is a self-fulfilling prophecy realm. This is a realm that whatever you believe, whatever you identify with to be true, you're going to, like, that seems to work out. Like, what, like, that is more true than there being a fundamental truth. The fundamental truth is what you believe. So that's where it's like this, like, dog chasing its tail sort of thing, like, happens. So it's like the person who, has identified with or has believed upon sidereal, their sidereal chart or their tropical chart, like they've seen a truth into it. I know, and, and so, so we can go a little bit deeper. I want to go and throw this one last thing and then I want to hear some of your comments. So to me, a lot of this is, the, is experiment. It's an experiment of being live. Uh, 
I know my tropical chart and I know to an ex some extent, like my personality, like how I present myself or how I presented and what the tropical chart says of, you know, the idea of Mike Wan, um, it lines up. And when I look at the sidereal chart, I'm like, that don't seem like me. Right. But it should be me. It should be me as much as as we as as is is true as as the 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 tropical. At least like looking at a chart. In fact, you you could even make a more valid argument that you should be more tied to your sidereal chart because sidereal chart reflects what you actually see in the sky. Mm -hmm. Like the the tropical chart, like where it says the planets are. Um, if you know your constellations, they're not in those constellations as tropical. They're in the, the they're closer to the, the sidereal ones. So like it gets a little bit freaky that way because I was born in the Western culture. I was born in North America. Um, North America, whether people recognize this or not, like we are an astrological culture. This is why in the Capitol building, there are 13 Zodiacs. This is why when you go to the lobby of the Federal Reserve, there's a big Zodiac like in the in the ceiling. This is a this is a a a zodiacal tropical viewpoint of reality that's what that's what north america is and part of what we understand about this realm which we are experienced life in is that your consciousness naturally becomes what you're born into the proof of that is the language no one taught you your first language you naturally your brain wires to whatever they speak, no matter how many languages at home, you will become that, or you will, you, that is not limited to, that is not limited to the, the, the language. It's like, we become all of that. We become the culture. So we're born into a tropical culture. I became that, that that's what at least makes sense to me. So that being said, I've been trying on like, what would it be like now if I became my sidereal chart. What does that look like? And I'm doing that in a practice. It's just purely an experiment. Like that could be just as much true. Or I could even reject the whole thing. Uh, I call it natural astrology. I practice natural astrology. You know, I, I say this as a joke religiously, um, but as a way to step out of false time. But all of this stuff, like these are, these are, these are attributes of the system which we are living in. And it seems to be much more about a self-fulfilling prophecy as opposed to like a fundamental truth. But it's accurate. It's super accurate. And I, you know, there are plenty of people who don't know anything about astrology, but when we look at their charts, we see that they're living their blueprint Right. So they're not necessarily fulfilling a prophecy that they know anything about, but at the same time, it's a collective prophecy and we are all part of the collective. We cannot be separate from the collective. I think we can wake up as individuals to like, I mean, I, I would say so we are running on autopilot like this is part of the um, like, why is the indoctrination so fucking strong? Right. Like this is like to hold consciousness on a certain trajectory or maybe it's like it once you become aware, like it's like a subliminal, like subliminal advertising only has impact or effect upon consciousness when this when the aware mind and the unaware mind are are not in communication mm -hmm. so that when one becomes aware of like you know, starts to deconstruct, starts to question, starts to unpack, like all of the things that are built in assumptions into our experience, like their power begins to, to, to dissipate. Just like when you find, when someone points out the subliminal advertisement in an ad, like it no longer has an internal charge. That's, that's what makes, that's what I've seen to be true. I'm feeling into that um, because I, I, I very often find myself playing along with collective, just take like polarization um, and 
you know, there have been moments where I've seen myself getting triggered and caught up in a highly charged or programmed or mind controlled uh, topic where I'm like, I don't even care, but I've been hooked in with the same virus that's hooking in the rest of humanity, even though I know that there's a virus there. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? That there are landmines in these conversations. So in my experience, I've noticed that sometimes my awareness of that doesn't necessarily let me off the hook as far as my detachment around it. Well, I mean, uh, it starts somewhere. So it's like, um, like think about like anything which, which, which you're quote unquote addicted to, right? Like if there's anything which you kind of do unconsciously and then you're like, you start to realize like, I don't want to do that. Like, let's say like a food or a drink or like any sort of substance, um, you may like as 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 one begins to detach themselves from that cycle, they're going to recognize like, oh, I feel like that's a trigger. I recognize that that thing like triggered me and now I'm craving something else. I still got the frigging craving, but at least now I'm more aware of a process. And that might be the first step. We've been, you know, we, we we've been in the system since the moment we've taken our first breath. So it's like, what are we comparing it to? Like, I, I like to think about this. Like, I get overwhelmed visually very, very easily, like, um, particularly when I'm driving. Like, when there's too many signs, like, that's, 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 that, that's difficult for me. Like, if, if, like, I come around all of these different signs, road signs and all these different things, like, it overwhelms me, uh, uh, like having to process that information. So I know that there's something within the way that I process information that too much stimulation does something to me. And so down that that line of thinking, like I've often wondered, like, you know, how many times have I seen, how how many stop signs have I seen in my life? How many times have I seen the word stop? Like, you know, and, and, and I'm saying me, but we can apply this to ourselves. Like, you know, countless, infinite times. Like, you know, and like the question is like, well, what what does that do to my, my consciousness? Because I know that I get overwhelmed sometimes when I just see too many signs driving on the highway. Like, you know, these lanes go here and there and all the words. And I'm like, well, what, what is a smaller thing? Like the consistent of stop, stop. And at the end of the and and I asked myself the question like well what would what would I be like had I not seen that stop sign a million times or infinite times and the answer is like I don't know because I haven't had experience I can't compare that so like I think part of what what you and I are doing right now and I think this is I, I mentioned this in the beginning of our conversation was like I think there's certain people who are who are doing things like in terms of offering information to the collective and it's like like a, a recognition not like we know the answers but we're beginning to see the cage that we're in and not realizing like well what is the full impact of it but there's a cage that we don't even realize we're in so i don't know i don't know like what 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 it would be like not to have this all of these impacts. I just know that they do have impact on me. And by becoming more and more aware of, of the inner process and seeing it, it creates more space. I mean, to, to, to move out of it. And, and I'll say one last thing, who is the they? Like, I don't know if this is an answer, but I find this as like a nice answer that makes me feel good um, is the only way, I feel like this type of thought is a, a, a deconstruction of how consciousness and this realm works. And the only way to learn it is by figuring it out. And so like who, like the whole idea is like the they is us. I'm like, well, I guess maybe that does make sense because this would be the environment we would have to create in order to really see how consciousness and the self-fulfilling prophecy and how all of these things work by creating the worst experience possible to figure it out. Um, I mean, I get that one aspect of the they, but in terms of dropping a piece of disinformation into the collective consciousness to confuse, control, create dissonance, that is also going on by people who might be part of our they or not part of our they. I mean, I, I am curious to know if that resonated with you on an intuitive level, like the announcement of a 13th sign. Was there a part of you that's like, Yes, that is truth. I mean, so, I mean, realistically about me, um, 
that affected that affected my natal chart immensely because all of a sudden my son went from Sagittarius to a fucus if I wanted to go by this model. And so that that um satisfied that like ego that like oh I'm special like you know ooh this is fun this is novel like there's right. a truth to that um and then like I think that takes a little bit unpacking you're realizing like I was seduced by it. I was seduced by the excitement. I mean, what I'm suggesting right now about astrology is really, really friggin' difficult for, for people who know about a, a lot about astrology to accept uh, for a variety of reasons. But primarily, it's like I've invested so much time learning the system and I've I've demonstrated my value by being an expert in this. And now like it's not expert. Now I'm not. Who am I without my ex my expertise? I mean, uh, I think that's up to each person. I, you, you, if you if you've had enough collapse within one's life, you know, the, you know, one more collapse is 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 easier to accept. So like, yeah, like I was seduced by it. It felt true. I thought it was interesting. And like, I wanted to dive into it, but I think I wanted to dive into it probably because, you know, it's, it, it, it appealed to my, my, my ego. And I think that, and I appreciate, I so appreciate that because I think that's probably the biggest trap that I see in myself and a lot of people with astrology is how easy it is to identify where from my perspective at least the game i'm playing is unidentifying and i'm well aware that identification with my own astrological chart is probably where in this moment i'm still gripping the hardest um so sidereal versus tropical Again, I, I don't know enough about, I just find it so hard to believe that the definitions would be the same. In tropical, I have four planets in Aries in the first house. If we move that to Pisces, like, I'm not so that person. Oh, so, so this is, so, so let, so that's such a great question. So this is what natural astrology is. So, um, let's say you were born at 7am. Let's say you were born at sunrise. So do you know where that would be on the chart, like as it relates to houses? No. So that would be the ascendant. The ascendant literally means the, the east-west horizon. So sunrise would literally mean the sun is right on the horizon, let's say. Okay. If, you're, if you were born at sunrise, that another way of saying it astrologically would be like, your sun is conjunct the ascendant. Whether you are in sidereal or tropical, that does not change. That's what that that image which I was showing you with the moon and Jupiter and and Saturn that doesn't change. But what the qualities of imprinting are vastly different between Pisces and Aries. So let's go take a step back. So the qualities are so so. And let's use language. Let's go use language. Okay. Um, self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, you know, I don't, who says about imprinting? And I'm just being devil's advocate right now. It's like, all I know for certain is the sun was on the horizon. I know that if I were to follow a tropical mindset, I would be imprinted with a certain sign. And if I were to follow a sidereal concept, well, then I would have been imprinted with a different one. Um, so that like, I think that that creates a whole bunch of at least new questions like we could do quantum physics questions like you know many worlds model and like you know well there's a different world where i was in a tropical system or something like that or a sidereal system or to me this is i i've done this like this is when i talk about natural astrology i define natural astrology is astrology without contradictions so tropical and sidereal, that's contradictions. You're saying I'm either this sign or that sign. When I just hold astrology in terms of what is no contradiction, what doesn't change. If I was born at 7 a.m., the sun is always on the, on, the, on the horizon. Like I know that to be a truth. The signs can change. You could add in a 14th sign and a 15th sign, but what never changes is my sun is right there or my sun is at the midheaven or my sun is somewhere else. I find to be more true and therefore having a more solid ground 
but then it could all completely fall apart if you tell me it's all projection, but I can't prove that. So I'm going to go in and say like, this is the most solid ground I have is that I'm going to know the placements of all of the planets. And I use the signs for one thing. It just tells me where I am. Like, I know there's no such thing as New Mexico. I know there's no such thing as Pennsylvania, but I'm able to say Pennsylvania. So you have a point of reference of where I am on the land mass, which we've decided to call North America. I can say that. I'm going to contradict that. Okay, please. Because as I understand the way you're presenting it, it's like, here's the Zodiac and the difference between tropical and sidereal is just which, like how much it's turning, how we're defining the 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 demarcation points i used to think that borders were completely arbitrary and conceptual i do a lot of road tripping when i cross the border from arizona to new mexico or i cross the northern border from colorado to new mexico there is such an obvious difference in vegetation in landmass in climate, there's also going to be very obvious differentiations in um, flora, fauna, like that's super real. I can see it with my eyes. I experience it when I plant things, what grows, what doesn't grows, when I need a sweater, if I'm driving north, like the borders aren't really as arbitrary as well, I had in thought. some ways, I, I would agree with you. Like, like there's a difference from one side of the mountain to another side of the mountain. There's difference in stuff like that. Like those are natural borders without a doubt. Um, and often we see municipal borders are based upon those. And so that makes sense. Um, and you can feel a difference. I can feel a difference when I drive from Pennsylvania to, to Maryland. Like, you know, there's that's seemingly the same land. Like I, I can sense that, but that to me, I don't think, I think there's a difference. There's, there's a difference. I, there's a difference between true borders and false borders. Like, like the ones which are built into the landscape. Of course, I, I don't see any contradiction with that. And if a municipality border overlaps that or, or lines up with that, then that makes sense. Like if you're going to go and create a border, well, then that makes sense where you would do that. Um, but then there is a self-fulfilling prophecy like Maryland and Pennsylvania have very, very different um, attitudes. They have very different like uh, identifications and that does spill over. I don't think it's an I don't think it's a fundamental fact if 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 there was like some sort of extinction level event and all of the roads disappeared and everyone forgot about that and then people reappeared and then that line which we know of with the separation between Maryland and Pennsylvania which I can sense the difference when I drive for 95 from one state to another. I don't think that would stay, but I do think that like what you're describing between differences of, of climate or, or quality of the air from one side of the mountain, like that would, that would stay like, uh, like, I don't think it's as, I think it's like complex. I think it's complex and we have a self-fulfilling prophecy, uh, meaning like, we, we, we've made that true. Like Marylanders identify with being Marylanders and it feels different just purely from that. It's called an egregore. Like there's a truth of our reality about egregores. We can make things come into reality. But if no one's believing it, if no one's holding that energy, does it stay? I don't think so. Thanks so much for tuning in to this latest episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. I am reminding slash thanking you to and for <laughs> clicking that subscribe button for liking, for sharing, for commenting, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As you are receiving any value from my podcast, as you dig it, as you listen regularly, consider supporting me on Patreon and or Locals, where for as little as $5 a month, you get access to all of my second half podcast interviews 
as well as oodles of bonus content. Your support really goes a long way in supporting me as a journalist and an independent content creator navigate her way through a really crunchy time in terms of free speech. And as you are wanting to learn more about my work in the world, my books, my products, my quantum languaging, coaching, and consulting, you can find me at dannycats.com as well as quantumlanguaging.com. And if you're not down with a membership patronage platform and want to send me one-time donation, you can use the Bitcoin link if it actually appears on your podcast listening platform. You could also send me a one-time donation by way of PayPal at dannycats at pm.me or by way of Venmo, where my username is Sadie Bloom. Again, your support means the world and makes a massive, massive difference when it comes to continuing to share this work with the world. Thank you for sharing your sacred attention with me. Thank you for remembering that you are omniscopic amazingness and for having a rockin' day. See you next time, superstars.